Hey guys, you're listening to Winging It with Holly. In this podcast series, I'll be sharing the fun and interesting things I've learned about birds since I started really noticing them five years ago. I'm no expert though, so along the way I'll be picking the brains of my knowledgeable birdie friends, the human ones that is, so we can learn and wing it together. You can see birds anywhere, in a city or the countryside, watching from a balcony or your local park. And I'm hoping these short episodes will help you notice and learn more about our feathered friends, especially if you have never taken the time to get to know them before. There are quite a few theories as to how the bright green parakeets that fly across London and other areas in the south of England got here. Did they escape a movie set? Were they released by Jimi Hendrix? And how has this non-native subtropical bird survived so well in the UK? In this episode, my cousin Katie and I discuss the ring-necked parakeet. Alrighty, so um, it is one of the most bizarre things to walk through a busy built-up metropolis like London and to hear tropical parrots screaming overhead. So um, ring-necked parakeets are not native to the UK but they have managed to adapt tremendously to the UK despite our weather and climate. So how and why are they here? That is the question for today. Um, So I have brought my lovely cousin Katie who works for a nature conservation charity um, as a wildlife advisor to the public. Hello. 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 Uh, So we are, we're actually in Hyde Park in London so change of scenery for today's wing in it with Holly which is <laughs> often Brighton based um, so Katie you know I was wondering do you often get queries from the public about ring neck parakeets and what kind of queries yeah. do you get yeah no definitely I think um, people generally send usually the most common ones are oh my god I've seen a parrot in my garden like or I've seen a flock of 12 in my garden and so generally it's the southeast that they're present mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's generally people kind of a bit surprised that they've got this exotic bright green bird in their garden and they're either worried it's a lost pet or um yeah or on the flip side there are people who uh, are basically they come to their feeders and because they're quite loud they're brave birds um they're wondering how they can deter them um and or because they've got such strong beaks as well they're looking for either a specific feeder um for other birds that the parakeets can't use um but yeah generally they are definitely a a bird we get asked quite a bit and quite and a bird of intrigue aren't they because it it is like sorry like i said in in the intro it is just it does feel like quite a contradiction to um to sort of be in like a you know like a city a built-up city and then have this flash of bright green um you know fly overhead and and it just looks so different (laughs) no offense to our native (laughs) birds i love our our wildlife but they kind of just don't have that tropical look do they that exotic look they don't really have that so it is quite bizarre Uh, but so yeah they are according to some research i did they're the uk's only naturalized parrot yeah Yeah, so we don't (laughs) we're not really supposed to get parrots in 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 the uk basically um and they've just adapted really really well um so in terms of what they look like they're quite large 
Yeah, so in flight, they've got a really long tail, bright green, obviously, um, quite like a really rounded, chunky head um, and, and quite pointed wings. Um, so yeah, they can definitely look quite um, unique in flight. So the males, when they're about at least three years old, they have a really dark like line to the back of the neck giving them that name. Um, but actually the females and the juveniles, they lack that. So you can see them in kind of family groups. They're very sociable. So people who do see them like here in, in Hyde Park, they are will be different ages, varying ages. But yeah, that bright red beak, that green colour especially is what you'll you'll notice. And also they're loud. <laughs> yeah, um, but the quite um striking you can't really miss you can't yeah, really miss it. it's yeah. just a yeah so they often fly around in flocks and apparently numbering hundreds at a roost site they eat fruits berries nuts and seeds which i understand is one of the reasons they've just adapted really well to yeah, uk yeah. life um and they can be a bit noisy mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. yeah there's no denying that any kind of parrot parakeet is always going to be noisy that's why people have them so you know these these parrots are popular pets because they can mimic they can talk so yeah they're loud they're, they're all parrots are loud but so yeah where do they come from but originally they're actually native to the indian kind of subcontinent and sub-saharan africa so yeah they're well out of their range <laughs> um but they're they just adapt very very well so like you were saying their diet does help with that so they can pretty much find food all year round so although they look exotic they they can do really well our climate isn't too extreme in terms of temperature that um they find it difficult but there was a study in 2016 um, that did suggest that the original kind of european populations <laughs> oh, oh robin i just fed a robin <laughs> on my hand um yeah basically the original yeah european populations of these parakeets did originate from asia so yeah they yeah that's why they look so exotic but there has been definitely been a rise especially kind of like the last 10 years of, of sightings people noticing them more and they've also expanded a little bit further as well and they've even been seen as far north as edinburgh so they are definitely um yeah they are they adapt well um so yeah so they stretch so in terms of where they originate from stretch from west africa across lowland india south of the himalayas yeah. so that kind of explains why if they can sort of survive across africa to the himalayas that mm. in terms of the the varying kind of weather that they'll get across that sort of um let yeah do you know what i mean and yeah, yeah. like because i mean the uk same... can be quite cold yeah. and so it kind of makes sense okay well if they can survive in the himalayas then they can deal with english Definitely. weather yeah and i mean it's the same with if you look at things like peacocks peacocks are actually a himalayan species so when people see peacocks which are feral here in the uk they can be feral um they're they're quite worried about them surviving temperatures but actually these birds they they survive well up into the mountains like you know so they know what they're doing (laughs) Um, is there uh, has there been any sort of understanding of the impact of their presence of the ringneck parakeets presence on our native birds yeah i mean there's always that worry um people are always concerned like the impacts the gray squirrel had on the red squirrel that the same would be said for the parakeets because of their nesting habits so the nesting cavities um within trees um people are concerned they would take over nesting sites for owls um for you know things like um 
you know marsh and willow tick etc um but at the moment there's no real cause for concern from conservation groups there's um the government is obliged with any non-native species to monitor its numbers and if there is a point at which you know scientifically and evidentially there is an issue with our native wildlife with their presence then action may look to be taken but at the moment there's nothing to suggest they're a real cause for concern um yeah they just kind of have habituated much like you know little owls little owls are not actually native to the uk but have been here you know for quite some time now so they've naturalized and um you know there's no evidence to support that they again create any kind of um, negative uh, for our native wildlife so yeah there's always that risk um with any kind of release of whether that intentional or accidental but at the moment it's it's nothing to be concerned about yeah okay and um also i guess so in terms of where they've kind of adapted to well uh in the uk um they sort of are primarily in the southeast of england particularly london surrey kent and sussex Mm -hmm. and they're kind of they're they're all year round Mm -hmm. um so it's funny yeah they haven't really uh, like you said you know they have been spotted in edinburgh but they they sort of are staying kind of the hub for them is south, the southeast. Uh, again, I yeah. just find it so funny that London is part of that hub. It's like, <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so let's get into uh, the sort of <laughs> the classic urban myths of uh, the different theories as to why they're, how they got here in the first place. And it's quite funny because I think you, you kind of get a different theory depending on like which Londoner you ask. Yeah. Because there's been, there are quite a few theories. Um, uh, we uh, we know which one we we think is uh, <laughs> makes the most sense, but we are going to just quickly uh, go through a, a couple of theories which are often sort of um, stated as fact. Um, <laughs> so um, we can just uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off with the first one. Sure. So um, there was a rumor that uh, they they <laughs> they're here because of Jimi Hendrix. So um, apparently one day he was walking uh, near near his flat on Carnaby. Well. Uh, he had a flat near Carnaby Street in London and he was walking down the road with uh, uh, holding a bird cage with two parakeets called Adam and Eve apparently <laughs> again apparently and the and the rumor is he uh, he opened the cage and released these two uh, a male and a female par- uh, yeah parakeets into into London and off they went and basically created uh, thousands from <laughs> those two birds so that so that's one theory Jimi Hendrix yeah um so another theory was that they escaped from the set of a uh film called the african queen which starred uh humphrey bogart and Catherine hepburn um and they obviously the title they needed exotic looking birds so they brought them to set in central london and rumor has it they escaped from the movie set um and but they were actually like first recorded in the UK in 1855. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, okay. I don't think Jimi Hendrix Already is that spelling old. <laughs> all of our theories that we just come. To. Um, but so yeah, I mean, there's there are always there was also um, the theory that there was a robbing at George Michael's flat yeah. in yeah. London, yeah. and apparently it destroyed his secret aviary, yeah. uh, <laughs> and that also gave them an escape route. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, another one I've got here is that they fled Henry VIII's menagerie at Hampton Court Palace in the mid-16th century and somehow remained hidden for 400 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was also one that, oh yeah, also again, George Michael uh, was arguing with Boy George. Yes. And uh, they took flight from the apartment whilst apparently this row was right. being carried out. Um, what are the chances that it's like two famous people? I mean, <laughs> So yeah, definitely um, some some yeah some myths there. Another theory: uh, they escaped from the livestock transportation area of Heathrow. Yes, I heard about that one as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got one other one before the the main one. Do you hurt? So ba- there was um, the Great Storm of nineteen eighty seven. Oh, yes. I don't. Again, I um, I guess the theory is that I don't know. That just meant some of them were able to escape but basically here's here's our theory which kind of makes most sense from a just makes most sense doesn't it yeah um did you want to yeah tell us katie why why realistically why would they be here i mean my personal opinion is escapees so like i said before like they're popular pets they they mimic they talk they're pretty um and they my yeah my personal opinion is that they they did not naturally migrate to the UK because when that isn't even one of the theories. No. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is that birds migrate for a reason, and they're not leaving. They're not. They don't leave here in winter, so they don't migrate. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason for them to have migrated in the first place here. Sure. So they are most definitely derived from escapees of yeah. some sort. Whether that's Jimmy, whether that's George. <laughs> Whether that's Henry VIII. Um, but yeah, they will definitely be domestic escapees. So, so basically, people have had them as... Yeah. They've been popular pets since the Victorian times. Yeah. And inevitably, many birds have escaped or been deliberately released, perhaps, yeah. over the years. So basically, yeah, domestic domestic birds. People have just had them. And they've just they've got out and they've uh, just adapted really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah makes no sense yeah. but also you're not the only person it might be your it, it's not just your sort of opinion that's like generally nature conservation charities that's the stance that they take is that that's what it was yeah so it's, it's, as fun as it is to sort of say that it was Jimi Hendrix or George Michaels or Boy George's fault or even that it was a release from the the film set I think even like the film set thing that surely there just wouldn't be enough to have been released for it to mm, sort of yeah. have come from them and all these stories are only ever pairs right. it's like it can't just be one pair <laughs> yeah. that like now eight and a half thousand yeah. pairs yeah. derive yeah. from so um yeah i mean also i mean we've seen them in barcelona we've seen similar looking so monk parakeets which you know from a similar um area in in the world uh you know i saw one i saw a few in paris last week so they are just city dwelling yeah. like and again that would have been due to escapees mm-hmm. um i've seen monk parakeets in um, malaga so all got these kind of cities around europe um definitely now come with the soundtrack of parakeets yeah. <laughs> I, i'm just very impressed they're very adaptable um so there you have it guys that's uh <laughs> I mean, again, we can't, it's like, it's really hard to say this is fact because like everyone is saying all of it is fact, but um, it makes most sense basically that that it was, uh, yeah, the release over, you know, 
many, many, many years of um, oh, well, accidental or deliberate releases of birds that have been kept as pets. Um, I didn't know this. I'm not sure if this uh, matches with the, the date you just gave, but apparently the earliest recorded sightings were in Dulwich in 1893. Mm. That's insane. So that's near where I'm. I'm from Peckham. So that's crazy. And also in Brixton in 1894. And then a breeding pair were reported in Epping Forest in 1930. Mm. So yeah. Um, so yeah. I guess. So um, that's. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, also the thing about London and cities is that they have mature parks. So, which is perfect for these birds to feed and also to nest as well. So, you know. If ever you're in London, go go wander through a park, you know, just keep your eyes out. I'm sure you will definitely hear them. <laughs> um, but even if you're driving past Heathrow, I tend to see them flying over the motorway. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, keep a lookout. Tell me what you like to do in Hyde Park when you're here, Katie. Um, so um, I like to take an apple. <laughs> She's got one with her today. Yeah, I like to take an apple from the local shop um, and pop it on my hand and give them a little treat. They <laughs> love apples um, and they will literally come. Yeah. And, so certainly here in the park, in High Park, they'll come and take them from your hand. Yeah. yeah, just, I mean, you look a bit silly when they're not on your hand, just holding up an apple. But I, I'm telling you guys, it works a treat and it's a nice little snack for them they'll come down but just be aware of the babies they do uh are inquisitive and i have had my thumb chewed a few times which is a little painful i'm not gonna lie i was just about Um, to say you 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 can you're basically like a a disney princess but then if your thumb is getting battered then that that's not quite the disney princess image it was my fault i was holding the apple all wrong um but yeah no it is it is fun to do and get to see them nice and close they're beautiful so um yeah 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 and it's kind of you know it's a a nice addition to our (laughs) our wildlife whether they're supposed to be here or not um they've they've adapted well and uh you know they're not at the moment they don't seem to be doing much harm so i guess we can just enjoy the exotic addition of ringneck parakeets uh thank you katie for uh helping me um dispel some uh, <laughs> some rumours and urban myths and uh, yeah enjoy seeing them around you guys um, thank you hope to have you on again soon and uh, goodbye bye thank you for listening to this episode don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already and if you have any birdie questions you'd like me to explore in this podcast you can get in touch via my Instagram at winging it with holly